Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HBR Minute HCI podcast episode, I explore the recent HBR video, Stopping Yourself from Acting on Bad Impulses. Welcome back to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. It's great to be with you again today for this HBR Minute HCI podcast episode. Today, I'll be exploring the recent HBR video, Stopping Yourself from Acting on Bad Impulses. It's about training yourself to pause. Here's how. Amy Jen Su, author of The Leader You Want to Be, Five Essential Principles for Bringing Out Your Best Self Every Day, says that recognizing when you're about to engage in a bad habit and being able to find a magic pause is the key. If you're about to snap at a coworker, reach for that sugary snack or micromanage a direct report, there are ways to short circuit these behaviors before they begin. She describes three techniques in detail, having a mantra or swing thought, breathing with intentionality, and practicing something she calls the washing the dishes meditation. Thank you for joining me, and I'll catch you on the flip side of this first clip. Think about a bad habit you've been trying to break. For example, you're sitting in a meeting, and dialogue is happening, and you find yourself starting to get impatient. There's like almost a rise in your body physiologically, and the next thing you know, you snap or you interrupt one of your colleagues, and it leaves to not a great discussion. Our impulses and knee-jerk reactions can sometimes be our worst enemies. Perhaps you walked into a team meeting with your direct reports, and rather than empowering them, you swooped in, took over the project, and created an unnecessary fire drill. And so how do we deal with those moments? You can find that magic pause right in between that moment of stimulus or that physiological surge or that uncomfortable emotion, then you've got a better chance at saying, what's the choice that allows me to be authentic, constructive, and effective? Finding the magic pause to be authentic, constructive, and effective. I think that's what we all want in the workplace. And as organizational leaders, that's what we want from our people. And so when we're trying to figure out how we can be more effective, uh, she provides some really great tips on how we might go about doing that. But it also applies to leading our people, both modeling for them how they can be most effective, but also coaching them and mentoring them and helping to provide feedback to them so that when your people have their moments of frustration or snap reaction to something that happens, that they'll be able to also learn from that experience, learn from these tips that she's sharing and be more constructive, authentic, and effective as they move forward. So what you'll hear in the next few clips are three different specific tips to find that magic pause to be able to respond more 
effectively. The first is what I call a mantra or a swing thought. And a swing thought really comes from the world of golfers. So there's thoughts that they have that help them drop into their body so when they're ready to swing and hit the ball, it's almost like an automatic response. It's like a mantra, which then brings mind and body together. Selecting a mantra or a word where you've associated it with a certain body stance or body posture or a set of physical sensations is how it really works together. For example, I have a goofy one that's called Rabbit that I picked up from a child's book called The Rabbit Listened. So now when I find myself feeling impatient in a meeting with a colleague, I simply say to myself the word rabbit and my body cues to calm down, listen, and get present. I really like this idea of having a mantra that can connect body and mind together. So you can literally say to yourself in that moment where you start to feel the physiological rise in anxiousness uh, as you might respond to a particular difficult situation, and you can quiet yourself through the use of this mantra or swing thought uh, to kind of reset and move back into kind of more of an automated approach to dealing with the challenge. This is something that I find myself doing. I have a handful of what I would call mantras, according to her definition, uh, of how I approach those really difficult times. And by no means am I always uh, effective in doing this. Uh, I'm not perfect by any means. But when I can remember to do it, the use of the mantra helps me to reconnect my mind and body and to take a more proactive approach to how I'm going to respond to a difficult or challenging situation. So it's something I definitely try to do, and I've found good benefits from it. There's nothing like the breath to reduce anxiety. And so one of my favorite techniques comes from a Western MD called Dr. Andrew Wheel, and he has this technique called the 478 breathing technique. And so even as you're walking to a presentation you might be nervous about, or perhaps a time when you know you can feel that you might be reactive in a difficult conversation, as you're walking down the hall, you simply pause, inhale for a count of four, hold that breath for seven, and then exhale for eight. And by the time you've walked in the door, you're in a much less reactive state. Deep breathing and anxiety just do not go together. So another one of these magical pause techniques is very simple, and it's just a matter of breathing. The beauty of this one is that you literally can do it anywhere, and you can do it with just a little bit of notice. So even if you only have 5, 10 seconds, 30 seconds, you can take deep breaths, you can calm yourself, and your mind can connect with your body, you can become in tune, and that heightened anxiety and the, the stress and the emotion around the particular event uh, can dissipate. And you can find your confident calm and you can move forward in a more productive manner. This is something I definitely have found to be useful throughout my life, uh, starting even as a, as a teenager. When I first learned this technique, um, I was a performer. Uh, I performed in musical theater. I performed in um, choirs, both uh, at school and at church. Uh, and I performed in a smaller uh, jazz choir. And we had lots of performances. So uh, this small group, we would prepare for performances 
by doing visualization and breathing techniques. This would be to calm our nerves and to get our heads in the right space so that we could go out and perform at peak levels. And I know athletes who use similar techniques and uh, presenters that use similar techniques in a variety of different arenas. So I think, again, this is something that's very simple and straightforward and very, very effective. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership, Ordinary Everyday Actions That Produce Extraordinary Results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. The third technique that you can use is what I call the washing the dishes meditation. When I wash the dishes now, I simply try to wash the dishes. It sounds simple enough, but in fact, think about the last time you washed dishes. Was your mind wandering? Perhaps you're thinking about the email you need to do. Perhaps you're already thinking about your next day and your to-do list. And so the practice is to come back to the dish over and over again and feel the hot water, feel the plate, feel yourself washing the dishes. How do you come back to the dish, come back to the water and get present and be in your physical body so that you can pay attention? Now translate this the next day when you go to the workplace and you're in a meeting and you find your mind getting distracted, you find yourself wanting to check your cell phone. Instead now think of it like washing the dishes and you get very present to your colleagues in the conversation at hand. The washing the dishes technique is just another way of framing mindfulness. And I think people can find themselves getting into the zone in a lot of different ways. So uh, for her, it's washing the dishes. She just washes the dishes and she just starts to focus on that and it kind of calms her mind and she's just focused on the present. Uh, we can do the same thing by a lot of different actions. I, I, I find myself getting into that kind of a zone when I'm walking my dogs around the park by my house. Uh, and whatever it is, finding those opportunities to have mindful moments uh, and to meditate can be very, very valuable. And just like with breathing, uh, just like with your mantra, this doesn't need to take a whole lot of time. And studies have shown that even five minutes of uninterrupted mindfulness practice and meditation a day can make a huge difference in terms of reducing anxiety and stress and helping you be more equipped and more emotionally agile to responding to the, the hard things that you face each and every day. So I think absolutely we should practice mindfulness. Absolutely 
we should look for opportunities to get into a meditative state. Uh, and whatever that looks like for you, if you're religious, that might be prayer. Uh, that might be exercise. You go out for a run or you go to the gym or walking your dog or whatever the case may be. Find what works for you and, and then do that consistently. So these three tips are really about ways to bring mind and matter to, together and to find that magic pause. When stimulus comes in, I'm going to find a way to pause and think about what's the most authentic, constructive, or productive response versus falling into our bad habits or our knee-jerk reactions. Because knee-jerk reactions are usually not going to be particularly effective, and they're not usually true to who we truly are either. Uh, It's our first gut reaction. It's instinctual. It's born out of thousands of years of evolutionary psychology, uh, and it's not necessarily who we want to be or who we are trying to be. And so finding that opportunity for that pause and, and reframing your situation through a mantra, through breathing practices, through meditative approaches, such as the dishwashing meditation, then we can reframe and connect our body and mind and we can move forward in a more positive manner. And as I said towards the beginning of this episode, this matters for each of us individually, and certainly leaders uh, are going to be facing a lot of challenges each and every day. They're putting out fires, they're responding to the needs of their people, there's lots of stress, there's lots of anxiety, there's a heavy weight on their shoulders that doesn't just go away because... Uh, they're in charge. In fact, that you have more of that often because you're in charge. And so you have to find uh, appropriate and healthy mechanisms that will allow you to be emotionally mature, emotionally agile, and be able to respond in more effective ways. These are three ways, three of many ways that you can use. Uh, and it's not enough just for us as leaders, though, to be able to to practice this. It's important for all of our people. So think about your organization. Think about the, the team that you manage or supervise or, or lead, uh, consider what they need to be the most successful. And just like you are facing stresses and anxieties and challenges, and you have those, those visceral gut reactions um, that sometimes aren't particularly effective uh, in the moment, and you need to pra- go about these practices, so do your people. And so when you model this for them, and when you coach them, and and provide feedback to them so that they can learn how to do this effectively, then you're going to cut down on these negative types of interactions, these negative behaviors that can derail otherwise successful teams, and it can make your your organization thrive. So this is a win-win kind of a scenario. It's better for the individual. uh, It's better for you as the leader. It's better for the organization, the institution. And I just think about the mental health of each of us. We each need these types of practices, and they're not hard to implement. It just takes a little bit of practice. So I encourage you to think about that. Think about how you can implement it in your life. As always, thank you for joining me for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day, and I hope you have a great week. We are excited about the launch of HCI's new magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine designed to help individuals, 
leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.